Good morning, church. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here today as we uh, say this every single Sunday, but it's not empty. It's the truth. We love the family of God being back together in one place to glorify Jesus Christ, to lift his name on high, uh, to celebrate all the blessing that we have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, It's good to be back together, Uh, no matter what the weather's doing outside. We know in here we find warmth, we find welcome, and we find Jesus Christ in each and every person uh, that comes together on a Sunday morning to lift his name on high. We want to say welcome to our guests that are here today, uh, especially the youth group from Sweetwater. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, We're so glad that you're a part of our our assembly. Uh, And our hope, of course, would be if you're looking for a church home this morning, that uh, we'd love for you and your family to join us in telling the story of Jesus Christ, that story of hope uh, that the entire world needs to hear. Uh, You know that Jesus Christ has blessed you. Uh, And so we want you to join us in sharing what that looks like, how that plays out, how that story looks in your life to the community in which we live. We want to be a light on a hill right here in Grand Prairie and in the metro. So again, thanks for coming together today to celebrate Jesus Christ, to lift his name on high. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2 in a little bit, and so I hope you've got your Bibles and will turn with me there. We'll look at some other texts. All of our texts will be on the screen, uh, of course, as we take a look. Uh, into the Word of God today to discover what His will is for us in our life. And I want to remind you, we're right in the middle of a brand new series uh, celebrating our theme for 2018, and that is All Things New. And uh, we want to discover how new Jesus Christ can make each and every one of us, how He changes our life, how He motivates and moves us in a direction that's totally opposite than the world. And in doing so, we gain the blessing of peace and conflict resolution, relationship, and the list goes on of all the things that we're blessed with because Jesus Christ is in our life. We started out this series at the very end of December reminding each and every one of us that Jesus changes everything. He does change everything. Last week we talked about finding that one person this year that you're going to lean into, how we need to bring people to Jesus Christ and let them understand the peace that we have and the story they can have by finding themselves in Christ Jesus. Today we're going to take a look at serving. What does it mean to look like Jesus Christ in the world in which we live, you and I, as we move forward and really celebrate Jesus in our life? Because as we take a look at the gospel of account, what we find is a, a Savior who is absolutely set on sharing who he is with the world around him, and in doing so, he humbles himself and becomes a servant to all those around him. We want to imitate that in every way because, one, it is the way that Jesus lived life. Number two, it's what the world is looking for. We can share with them the purpose that we have in life and how, indeed, God, through his Son, Jesus Christ, can make all things new in everyone's life. Because the truth is, the world tells us what they're against. You you hear this all the time in conversation, on the news, at the water cooler at work, on your school campus, what the world is against. And so you hear conversation about our current political leadership and and the negativity in that realm, or, or maybe the fact that tax season is now coming up fairly soon, and we don't want to hear that, do we? <laughs> well, we might have to pay into the government. We hear uh, stories about people who are sick, fighting cancer, and, and how there's maybe never going to be a cure for that, and the negativity that comes along with some of those expressions. We hear uh, the, the blowback from the lack of parenting and how kids are acting out in the world, our teen, our adolescent group, uh, and how things could be better with my own kids or maybe even uh, my marital situation at home. Uh, the negativity might 
uh, come in with some of that terminology that we've heard along the way, the old ball and chain or whatever might be uh, the world might throw in there. The world likes to tell us what they're against. But let me tell you something. Jesus Christ wants to let you know what he's for. And Jesus Christ is for your life being better than it is right now. Jesus Christ is for salvation in your life and a better life than you've ever dreamed of in your life. He he wants to give you something that you've never experienced before. He wants to make in your life everything new. He wants to draw uh, into the storyline your story as well. Following Christ makes all the difference in how we interact with our kids, how we interact with our spouse how we interact with our friend group and how we perform at work, how we walk around in the world around us. Following Jesus changes everything for us and it creates moments in our own life to look at Jesus Christ's life and say, how can I be more like Jesus? How can I serve and have that type of heart, that type of mentality in my own life? If you watch the news in the evening, you'll notice it's just all the negativity, the different things that are happening in the world. Uh, We watch Channel 11, not a plug there for them, but at the end of their 30-minute segment, uh, they have a story at times called On the Road. And what they're trying to do is throw a little positivity back into the news. And they'll follow someone's life and they'll share with you what they're doing to help other people and how this particular person's life changed several other folks. And at the end of the, the moment, you, what you realize is that this person has made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And that's how they're different than the world. We, we react better to encouragement and positivity than we do negativity. You think about your own kiddos at home, those that have kids and are raising kids currently. I mean, in the moment, if you introduce some, some negative into your kid's life because of the way that they're acting or the way they're talking, yeah, you may have, have uh, a change in the moment, but there won't be real change until you make a decision as a parent to be positive and affirming and encouraging and letting them know, no matter what, I'm walking with you. I'm with you. The same goes for our spouses. When all we do is nag and introduce negativity into that relationship, real change never really happens. Spouses tend to respond more to positive encouragement rather than the berating. You see, real change only happens when we make a decision to look like Jesus Christ. We can throw in formulas or ideas that the world may offer, but at the end of the day, the only person who will make your life new is Jesus Christ. He will make things different. And so this morning, as we think about living a life that looks like Jesus Christ, I want to introduce two texts that you're going to know very well, but go, in my opinion, side by side as we live out this life. Two different things that Jesus called us to do in our own life as we think about service and serving those around us. And the first one is in Matthew chapter 22. There is a teacher of the law and He approaches Jesus and he asks Jesus, out of the law of Moses, tell me, Jesus, what is the most important thing? And Jesus says in verse 37, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest command. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus reminds us what the greatest commandment is 
that will totally take care of the law, that will accomplish what the law is about. And we love God by the way we love other people as well. But there's also this famous text in Matthew chapter 28, right before Jesus ascends back to heaven. He wants his disciples, and for us today, that that would be us, to know what he's calling us to do side by side with that first greatest commandment. We call it the Great Commission. And in Matthew chapter 28, beginning of verse 18, sometimes I think we skip over 18, a very important verse, where Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Why do we follow Jesus Christ? It's because he is the guy in authority. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us. He is God incarnate. And so we follow him because he has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. We listen to his words. We follow his way. And so he goes on to say, therefore, because I've been given all authority, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And so we have the the greatest commandment and the greatest commission side by side as we live our life for Jesus Christ. And we look at Jesus Christ's life in those four Gospels and we discover how we are called to live. You see, the, the church is all about fully embracing the greatest commitment of Jesus Christ by utilizing the model of the greatest commandment and the greatest commission of Jesus Christ. I mean, Paul also quotes Jesus in his letters over and over in Scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, Paul says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul goes on in other letters like Romans in chapter 13 where he says this text, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Everything is summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Paul simply reiterates time and time again in his letters to churches 2,000 years ago and to us today as we reread those, what Jesus called for us in our life is about putting other people before ourselves, living life out in such a way that we give him glory, not glory for us. And that's a script totally different than the world offers for you and for me. I mean, we can sum up Jesus' command in this one idea. We love an invisible God by loving a visible neighbor. We lean into those that we rub elbows with on our school campus, at our college campus, in our workplaces, in our neighborhood, with our family and our friend circle. We are different in those moments for the cause of Christ, and in doing so, it makes the world ask questions of our hope and our faith And why do we act like that? And it's our opportunity to share with them the wonderful message of Jesus Christ and how he can also make all things new in their life and change their outlook of what is happening in the world around them. I mean, even the half-brother of James calls us as followers to live life differently. In James chapter 2, 
James mentions to all of us, word without action is a dead faith. In that same chapter, he says, listen, even the demons believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, but what does that help? You and I in our own life were called to live out our faith in Jesus Christ, not, not in a way that, that draws attention to ourselves, but to give him glory. It's not only about saying Jesus Christ is Lord. It's not only saying that he can make all things new, but it's actually following through with a life that shows we're called to a different type of lifestyle because we made a choice to follow Jesus Christ. And so this morning, as we dig into our text in Ephesians chapter 2, and look at these three very powerful verses where Paul, again, to the church in Ephesus, reminds all of us. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so no one of us could boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece, and He has created us anew in Christ so we can do good, the good things He planned for us so long ago. Church, that's a text in your Bible. If it's not underlined, highlighted, circled, you need to do so. It is an incredibly powerful verse that liberates us from the checklist, if you will, and embracing the salvation that God has to offer us. Paul reminds us that salvation is not something that we have earned. None of us could do enough to be in the good graces of God. None of us could do enough to enter those gates of heaven. But because of what Jesus Christ has done for us, you and I get that blessing. You and I will get to see our Creator one day, and what a blessing and great story that is for us to know that it doesn't matter and doesn't count on what I do, but the fact that Christ has already done. He is our Savior. And so some of us look at this gift, and I, I dare say that in times past, We've thought, you know, if I just put enough money in the collection plate, that'll, that'll get me where I need to be. If I go on enough mission trips, that'll all stack up eventually. If I'm here at the church building every time the doors are open every Sunday morning, then that'll make everything all right. If I pray over every dinner, that'll make it right. If, if I stay awake during the sermon, <laughs> that'll get me where I need to be, right? But it is a free gift. You and I did nothing to receive this gift. But we live our life in a way of gratitude to Jesus Christ that calls us into his service. We know we didn't do anything for that salvation. But I live my life in such a way as to say, thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ. It's not to earn salvation, but it is an outpouring of the Spirit to say, I want to serve you in whatever way possible, and I know that you've not only called me to love you, but you've called me to love those around me as well. And so God, open those doors for me, open those windows, because we are bound for God's presence because of the unbelievable work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. An incredible thing that the Son of God has done for you and for me. But I would think that maybe some of us here in, in our audience this morning might believe that, you know, you're just not good enough, that, that maybe you've scared Jesus away from your own life. 
And as you reflect on where you are in life, maybe for the 200th time I've given in to this temptation. And I know I'm just not worthy. Jesus has moved away from me. He, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Or, or maybe you've said some inappropriate things uh, around the workplace. Or maybe you have, over some years, uh, given some mental and emotional abuse to your family members. You want to be different now, but as you reflect on that, you think, I'm just not sure that Jesus wants anything to do with me. As I think about my own life and your life, we think maybe we live too selfishly along the way that Jesus has eventually left me. Maybe I haven't kept my emotion in check and I had these anger outbursts and I just say, you know, that's just the way I am. Jesus doesn't want anything to do with me. But let me tell you this morning, Jesus stands toe-to-toe with your mess-ups and he's not going anywhere because he loves you. He will not leave you despite your imperfections, despite the poor choices that you and I make each and every day. Jesus says, I'm in this for the long haul. I want to be a part of your life. And so Paul, in his letters, he reminds us that Jesus makes all things new, especially in Ephesians, for what? For a different purpose in life. So that you can do the good works that I've called you to do that you were created to do, to fully live out the blessed and abundant good life that I've promised you. I want you to lean into that. And so once you and I are in a saved relationship with Jesus Christ, that we realize that he makes our life new, different, unique, and dare I say, originally how it should have been all along. We're called as people of God, created in His image to do good works, to share the love that we have gained from Jesus Christ with those around us. He will change everything. This last week, Robin and I watched uh, a movie called The Case for Christ. It's the story of Lee Strobel. I don't know if you have seen that movie. If you have not, I want to encourage you to watch it. It's a very powerful message about a man and a wife who... who, uh, we're going gangbusters in life. She became a believer. He was an atheist, and, and he made a decision that he was going to prove that Jesus Christ was not a true thing. Resurrection never really happened. It's a powerful story, again, about how Jesus can change all of us. He will make a difference in our life as well. And we, we know that Jesus Christ wants what's best for us. And when we live that out in our life, the world looks at our life and they ask, why? Why would you act like that? Shouldn't you be hitting him back harder? (laughs) Shouldn't you be saying something to her about what she did? And they begin to ask questions because we don't use the script of the world. We use the script that Jesus Christ has given us. And it's a script of love and peace and joy. It's one that says, uh, my worth, my identity is not based upon this world, but in someone else above. It's saying, I believe in a Jesus who will make all things new and has made all things new in my life. Now, this morning, we're talking about living a life of service. And I don't want anyone in here to feel like I'm guilting you into service-oriented stuff, that uh, you need to be a part of a ministry here at Crosspoint. Now, I would say we would love for you to be a part of a ministry here at Crosspoint. But the point is not to make you feel guilty in that process. You know, I had uh, Kale look around in 2017 and gather all of you who helped out in some way, some fashion, volunteer hours to help share the story of Jesus Christ. 
In 2017, 328 of you made a decision to live out the story of Christ. Wow. Church, that's phenomenal. You are a giving congregation, not only in in your monies and other physical assets, but also in your time. You've made a decision that you want to share Jesus with those around you. And so we live that out, whether it's here at Cross Point or in your neighborhood or at your workplace or on your school campus. It doesn't matter. We are called to be different than the world around us. You see, here's the deal. Jesus doesn't want us to go to church. He wants us to be the church. And so we are called to be the church, not in these four walls, but out there in the world in which we live, to show the love that God has for this world. And as far as he went to the cross, to show them that love. I mean, think about your own salvation journey. I mean, that did not happen in a vacuum. Someone, somewhere, decided to invest in you. Now, it may have been grandma or grandpa. It could have been mom and dad. Maybe it was a youth leader at your church. Maybe somebody that just encouraged you along the way. But someone made a decision to share the story of Jesus, whether in word or action, with you. And that changed your mind. Think about your own life journey. We just threw out a number, 328. And some of you made a decision last year to go to Honduras. Some of you made a decision to go to Africa and share the story of Jesus Christ. Some of you made a decision to share some of your physical assets to put Bibles into schools in Eastern Europe. Some of you made a decision to get in your car and to go to church under the bridge down in Dallas and and tell the story of Jesus to those who are homeless. Some of us made a decision to, to help out at Lifeline Shelter or the Grand Prairie Pregnancy Center. The list goes on where you made a decision to get involved in the story of God, and we are called to live that type of life out. You and I in our own life, we are moving others toward a better understanding of who Jesus is and how he can make all things new. There's a story that I really like in Mark chapter 2. It's the story of people just like you who made a decision to fully fully invest in the story of Jesus, and they made a decision to bring a friend to Jesus Christ. Now, the story plays out like this. Jesus is back in his town of Capernaum, and he is in his house. He is preaching, and the text says that there are so many people present that you can't even move. They are shoulder to shoulder. They're in the doorways. They're in the windows. They're outside of the house. They're blocking the street. There are lots of people present, and four guys want their friend to come into contact with Jesus because they know that Jesus is the only one who can truly change everything. And so they find a way to get on the roof of the house. They clear away part of that roof to make a hole, and they lower their friend who is sick down to Jesus' presence. They do whatever it takes to get their friend to Jesus. Now, church, that speaks loudly to me. I don't know about you. That, that every bit of our fiber, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, means that I will do whatever I need to to get my friends to get to know Jesus. Now, the interesting thing is in verse 5 of this text. Because Jesus sees the man on the pallet laying at his feet, and he looks up and he sees the friends on the roof, And Jesus says something interesting. He says, 
your faith has forgiven this man of his sins, brought him into salvation. Now think about that in our own life. Our interaction telling the story of Jesus Christ very well could put someone into a faith commitment to Jesus Christ. How we talk to them, how we live out in action our love of Jesus Christ, how we take a different spin on the negativity that the world throws at us and turn it into, turn, turns it into something positive and affirming and encouraging can be the difference maker in someone's life to bring them into a relationship with Jesus. Church, that's exciting to know that the Holy Spirit could use me and you. And I don't feel qualified, but he uses me anyway. Maybe you're there too. It's an exciting moment that Paul is telling us in Ephesians chapter 2, church, it's time to get our hands dirty. It's time to join the story of God in the world. It's time for us to say, you know, enough of me, how can I serve you? Because that's how Jesus lived out life. And I don't know about you, but I'm willing to do just about anything short of sin to get someone in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want people to know the love that God has for them through his son. And the power of the Holy Spirit in their life can change everything. So this morning as we close our time together, it's, it's a time for reflection for you and I. As we move into 2018, as we think about that one person we wrote on the card last week, and maybe this morning more names have come to your mind of people you need to be more involved with, people that you need to wrap your arms around and let them know who Jesus Christ truly is and how indeed he's made all things new in your life. This morning is a call for all of us to be, to be in remembrance of the idea that saved people serve people because that's how Jesus lived life. It's a call for all of us to put our selfishness behind and lean forward into the story of Jesus Christ. Whether you are on a high school campus, a middle school campus, whether you are at the workplace, serving a city somewhere, with your family and your friend group, there are lots of opportunity that God's giving you today to bring others into the presence of Jesus Christ so they too can know how much God loves them. I'm going to invite the praise team back to the stage at this time. and As we sing this song, our shepherds will be gathered along the wall of this room. Uh, and, and as we sing, maybe right where you stand this morning, in your own heart of hearts, you're going to make a, a decision to be different this year that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to pick two, three people, and I'm going to be very, very into their story this year. I'm going to walk and journey with them because I want them to see how much Jesus loves them. Maybe you need prayers to get over that speed bump that's in your life that's maybe slowing you down from sharing that story. And I want to encourage you to go see one of our shepherds and his wife and let them pray for you and over you. Or maybe this is the day that you say, look, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. I can't do this alone. And so today's the day you make that public confession of Jesus Christ as Lord. You're buried in the waters of baptism to be risen a brand new creation, knowing that God indeed, through his son Jesus Christ, has made all things new for you too. I hope that you'll think about those names that God's placed on your heart and how you're going to interact with them this year to serve those around you. Let's stand and sing together.